That was awkward. Why do you do that every time? Tradition. You're ruining. You're ruining my tradition. No, I'm not. I'm improving it. You're not. I'm making it my tradition. You're Hello. Make, you're making it. What's the opposite of stereo and mono? Crap. No. You That's can't horrible. have one opposite to two things. That's not how opposites work. You can have one opposite to two things. You can have many things in the world of Russell T Davies. Because yes, in case you haven't told from the title. This is an episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, which is a bit like Doctor Who 1.5, because we did a Doctor Who Russell T. Davis era, then we took a little bit of time out because I had a baby, Peter has had a baby, um, and we haven't really had time to do anything, but we did think that we could get together, Dan and I, and talk about the new... Well, here's the thing, actually. The second spell of Russell T. Davis. What? Yeah, what... Russell what, 2. Davis. What are we calling this? Are we calling this the... Russell T. Davis, and the T stands for Trilogy. Is this the Tenant 3? It's the 60th anniversary specials. Easiest way to put it. I know, it. but I don't feel like, in my, in my head, the 60th anniversary specials, I didn't feel s- stuck well. Why? Because, well, in my head... Well, they are. I know, but the 50th, it's like, specials... I don't know, I feel like... it. Okay, the anniversary, the first one, the first one Tenant was back, that felt like the special, the rest... As good as they were, felt like, and now we're carrying on. Well, what about the like the like Tennant's last run of specials when like when his first spell as as the tenth Doctor? Yeah, but they're so like, like, the, like the Easter one, Wars of Mars, they're still specials. Yeah, but I, again, they're specials, but it wasn't like they weren't called the forty seventh anniversary specials. No, because they weren't an anniversary special. No, that's special. what I mean. It's I, I don't know. It just feels weird. It's not a season. It, it does basically take the form of a condensed season. I mean, it is it is season one, episode one. Episode 2 and episode 3. Well, it's not really, is it? Let's be honest. Oh, we'll get into that and more <laughs> soon. So, yeah, if in case you've not been able to tell, you're listening to Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm Jay. I'm Gaz. No, you're not. I'm Christmas Gaz. You're not Christmas Gaz. I'm Dan. Baby. You're Dan. Why are you so ashamed to just be you? Because Gaz is so much better than me. <laughs> bring him back. Bring back Gaz. I, I mean, I'm trying to, because if I can get rid of this, that would be really much of an improvement. You're just point at me. I'm not this. <laughs> Um, don't forget to go on the website don't forget to email us at talknerdyuk at gmail.com don't forget to add us on all the socials at talknerdyuk and um, send love and hate mail yeah. we like both I mean it's Christmas time so it's perfect time to send love and hate and mail, hate mail. <laughs> so yeah we're going to get into it we're going to talk about all the spoilers but I imagine if you're listening to this you have watched it we're going to talk about this Tenant 3 trilogy thing that Russell C. Davis the did. The 60th anniversary special. I don't think it'll catch on. <laughs> it already has. Um, so the first one was Star Beast. Yeah. Uh, and this was based on a comic from... I saw it was based on something that had already been written for Doctor Who. I wasn't sure what it was. It was a comic that was written for the fourth Doctor by Alan Moore. I think Alan Moore. It was some of the creative team of Watchmen. When did it come out? Oh, like 70s. Oh, right, okay. Um, 70s, early 80s. And um, they. So I thought, just to, to put a pin in there, I thought all Doctor Who material was canon. Comics aren't canon. Well, the comics back then weren't considered canon. I don't know if the comics are now considered canon. Right. I was even. I'd even go as far as putting that out to say I don't think they are. I think they're just stories. I, I've, I've got. Any of the comics? Yeah. I, I think. I feel like I've bought enough of the comics to read them and just go, I don't think they're bothered about this being canon or not. <laughs> it's just nice stories involving the doc oh, pardon me. The doctor sometimes though that there has been the ones where they cross over into the audiobooks mm-hmm. and they know the audio The audiobooks are canon. Are canon. Yeah. So I do know that sometimes they canonise them, but I think it's Well we can canon. talk about it later, but the whole multiverse thing that's come up as well. well which could yeah. mean that it is canon, but oh, in, in a kind of what if kind of way. But yeah, this was, and this all started, I mean, it's the story is based off the comic, but the story isn't completely ripped from the comic. It's like loosely it's used. It's based on the jumping off point. Yeah, the plot points are, but there's things that happen, and it's the first one with Tennant in 15 fucking years. Yeah. Um, well, well, first 10 one, years. First one with Tennant being the lead, as it, because really in the 50th one, Tennant was second fiddle, Matt was the lead. Ah! Uh, they were both on the poster. They were the same size. 
<laughs> is that what it comes down to? Yeah. How big you are on the poster? Yeah. Okay, I did not realise that Thanos was the lead <laughs> in Endgame. Um, lead bastard. <laughs> right. Um, it was... Yeah, it was it was a weird thing that Russell T. Davis came back and just went, I'm going to do Doctor Who and bring back David Tennant. I still can't get over how he got... Well, I do get how he got past that. I know how he... I can imagine him going into the office of BBC and go, how do you save Doctor Who? And he's like, I bring back David Tennant. There was not one person in that room who went, okay, um, <laughs> there's issues with that. They probably went, I mean, I, yeah, like you said... I I'm, think what it felt like to me, and I think I think this was the rumour at the time, I think we spoke about it when it when it was kind of just a rumour, is that it was steady in the ship because the, the, the Chris Chibnall era was such a shit show mm. that they needed something reliable they know would bring people... It would either... If people had still been watching, it would it would encourage them to carry on watching. And if people had stopped watching, which a lot of people had, they would definitely come back for. Yeah. And one of the only ways they can do that is bringing back a doctor that, that no one can hate. And Tennant is and that doctor. David Tennant, yeah. And I, it worked because I had loads of people messaging me, like going, "Oh, I can't believe Tennant's back." Are you watching? Like, yeah, I didn't stop. I've had to go through pain. Speaking of Gaz, I remember David Tennant had been officially announced to come back for about a month or so, and we were at yours, and Doctor Who came up, and it was like, oh, I can't wait for it to start again, and he was like, oh, I don't know, don't really like it anymore, it's kind of fallen off a cliff for me, and I was like, yeah, but like, with David Tennant coming back, and he went, whoa, whoa. Tenants back. <laughs> he was just completely out the loop, bless him. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. It really does. It does bring people back, and people. He was uh, everyone's childhood doctor of yeah. this generation, so people rushing back to see him. And apparently, Tenant said that when Russell first pitched this, they were just meant to be mem- uh, old stories. They were meant to be oh, flashbacks, flashbacks yeah, of yeah. ones we hadn't seen with Donna and the Doctor. Um, Which wouldn't make sense because I think that's what the problem was. Like like everyone else, he's aged and he looks ten years older. Yeah, it looks great, but it doesn't look like he did in his original run. So. Do, I mean, that's in series two. There is something about him in series two where I'm going, you're just a you're just a boy, just, just, <laughs> just a, a young, young boy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> just, there's, he's so he's so supple and young. I know <laughs> he hasn't got a single crease anywhere oh. on his face. And then he got married. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Daniel. Um, Good so, luck with that. Star, Star Beast then sees him. So, plot line is he comes back with meets Donna. Well, he meets Donna. It felt like the first episode of a season. I mean, that this is the thing. This, it's actually look. it's hard to just talk about the script without just going through the whole fucking episode. Because yeah. there was one thing for me about this was when we got up to about halfway, I thought, oh no. Because I thought it was really dumbing down. Because uh, in my head, I was like, why is this little creature like, oh, hello, I just said, uh, help me, uh, help me, little doctor. And then, and then I didn't like how, um, and then, how, how, he, how, he, how he bumped into Donna. I was like, that's fucking convenient. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And all like this. And then from the halfway point, it gets really interesting. It's a twist, like you said. Of, yeah. And then they also explain. My sister was texting me when she was watching it because she watched it like a week or so afterwards. Mm. And uh, she was like, oh, isn't the meep really cute? <laughs> and I just didn't reply. And about three minutes later, she went, oh, for fuck's sake, he's dead. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then there was a reveal that the doc, the TARDIS brought him specifically to Donna, found yeah. Donna in order he to. He unconsciously regenerated. Well, yeah. we don't find that out until the last episode, but back into 10 to go, right, let's go find my best mate. I'm hurting. Yeah. <laughs> I need someone I can... Pain! Pain! <laughs> someone who can help me. So that's why he ended up there. And it made it a much more... But that, that yeah, I, I know episode. what you mean. That It only it seems much better in retrospect once you know that. Otherwise, it's like coincidence, 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 mm. coincidence, and it just felt a little bit like... But they address it halfway through, and they keep addressing stuff. It's like that you find out that the TARDIS brought them there when uh, at the in the final act. In the final act, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, of course, that's so much better than oh, it just so happens I bumped into her on the street." Yeah, and I much preferred it. I did as well. And it, um, I liked ev- I liked all the bad guys. Eve caught onto some things very early. Go on. Well, Eve was going, "These bad guys are a bit crap, aren't they?" I went, "Why?" And she went, "Well." The, the grasshopper dudes, yeah, yeah, thrall, thrall. Yeah. She went, oh, they're not even. Look, they're not even affecting that taxi. 
as a shooting at it. No, Laura said that as well. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry about it. I, didn't I, I said to her, like, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it'll be explained. It'll be explained. In my head thinking, oh, Davis, you've lost, yeah. you've lost <laughs> your touch here. The and then it was explained. I was like, ha! <laughs> um, that was clever. No, it was very clever. I love the turn of the meep. I loved how they got, I can never remember, Miriam... Margulies. Margulies. Yeah. Oh, she's so perfect. But if the problem with having Miriam doing it is I actually really wanted it to, to be like, filth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got close, but now to hell with this <laughs> is my one of my favourite lines. Just doing away with the whole thing. Just shooting is. someone and to hell with this. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, and Suck my dick, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, suck the meat stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the doctor used the screwdriver in ways we've never seen before. Yeah, way too OP now. I think. Well, I didn't really. I, I kind of I liked it at the time, but then I've seen a lot of stuff online saying that it's it's like it's always been a bit of a crutch for him, and I, and I get that, and it and it's it's a big part of the show, but it was already a, on the verge of being too powerful. And now that it seems like there's nothing it can't do. I mean, the, the one thing I would say about what he does when he like he makes those force essentially bullet, bulletproof force fields, yeah. he does take ages to make them. Mm. So he makes them and then just puts them out so him and his mates can walk through. So if he was getting shot at, he wouldn't be able to make one. It wouldn't be useful. It was very... Very much attuned for that scenario. Yeah. And also, doesn't he try, tune into it as well? Doesn't he like tune into the gunfire? So it, I felt like there was a lot of work to basically to do that. Yeah, I guess. But, but the whole kind of like Iron Man heads up display thing as well, where he's basically using it as a formless computer screen, you know, where he's kind of like... Oh, I loved that. I liked it as well, but I don't know. There was just something about it that was like... I think the best thing about the Doctor is that like they're always the, the cleverest one in the room by far, and that's what makes them so intimidating. Mm. Whereas if they also got what's essentially just one thing short of a gun on them. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of takes a little bit away from the character. Overall. Is it the difference between Spider-Man with the suit and Spider-Man without the suit? Like Spider Man without the uh, uh, the Tony Stark suit you know, it's a should just be, is is just as cool as Spider Man with the suit, if not more cool, because he's got to find different ways to do stuff yeah. rather than just press a button. Or kind of like the difference between like Toby Spider Man who can make web himself mm. and the other Spider Man who, who <laughs> can't do that and they have to adapt to things. So I think it's better because if the Doctor had all the abilities of the screwdriver implanted in him somehow, like Rick and Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be, like, you're never worried about Rick dying. He's basically immortal for all intents and purposes. No, that's true. But so, I, I, but then so is the Doctor, for all intents and purposes, and it doesn't affect the story. I know, but, like, you give him that extra, extra, extra level. He's already immortal like that, and you're giving him this really... I, I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's a cool gadget. I really like the look of 14 screwdriver. 15 is it. Pocket mirror. And it <laughs> doesn't look anything like a screwdriver anymore. Uh, but I, I don't know what's going to happen with the transition between those two. But yeah, it, it was cool. I liked it. I, I just have mixed feelings about it. I like the idea that he actually has a, the screwdriver totally normal. And he drops it. And a steamroller goes over it. <laughs> and that's how it ends up as the one that shoots he's got. steamroller. <laughs> sounds like a sexual yeah. thing. <laughs> I gave her a Gallifrey and steamroller. Oh, you're not boy. <laughs> Oh, you regenerated all over my face, <laughs> my lower back. Um, I I liked that. Right, so I was all in on this episode from about halfway. I really got pulled back and thought this was amazing. And then, can we address the non-binary elephant in the room? Yeah, it didn't really make much sense. The problem, and I've spoken to people who, this isn't me being shouting at a cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem I had wasn't the story itself that they needed it to go into someone non-binary. That's fine. I have no issue with that. My problem is twofold, and we've discussed this. One, uh, Rose never describes himself as non-binary. Rose is a she. Yeah. So they're not non-binary. They're trans. She. The other thing is, it implies that Rose is the way she is with her gender slash non-binary because of these subconscious memories of the Doctor, which then when they 
and I quote, let it go, so Donna stops being so intelligent, these traits should, in theory, disappear from Rose. I never took it like that. I took it as, so she gives birth to Rose, who I think they refer to was Jason. I think Jason was the birth name. Yeah, Jason yeah. Jason becomes Rose, regardless of whether or not there's a metacrisis involved. Uh, and then when, after that transition, the, the, the subconscious memories of the metacrisis are just, they've been guiding her her whole life. Mm. And the fact that she's trans is kind of a separate issue. I know, but then yeah, that's, that's... I've never, I've never seen it as like awakening up one day and go, "I want to be a woman," but I don't know why. And it being because of the metacrisis memories. I but think she it does that. It's, it's, it's own fun. thing. So it's funny you say that because do you not remember in that episode she actually says, "I have felt up." She just says to me, "I feel quite lost sometimes. I don't know who I am. I know what that feels like." And you feel like she's talking about the gender fluidity she's going through. But then, at the end, she says, I finally feel like me, like, because she shed off this thing that's, that's been bothering her subconscious as matter crisis. But again, that would tie into the fact that then, in my head, she wouldn't be trans anymore. It was, I've, I, I think it was interwoven into it too much. And I've even, yeah. even sh- shows you, like, that's how it's written out in the, when people write out the plot on, like, Wikipedia and stuff, they even say, point out, it's described as she did all these things, make the shed look like the TARDIS, subconsciously made these toys that look like creatures from... Uh, I, I think that would evaporate, but I don't think it necessarily has to take a gender identity. I don't think it should, it but what I'm saying is the way it was written, it should. It, it, it can be interpreted that way. I do see what you mean, but I, I, I never saw it that way. But that was that was my... I'll tell you what, though. Not I'm not getting political. We never get political on this. We just keep it nice and all about the comics and that. Unless we're talking about Star Wars. And but, oh, oh. Fuck the um, Chancellor. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know which way to take that. <laughs> Have sex with the Chancellor. Have sex with the Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. Good, okay. Sheave him. <laughs> um, but I went to... I'm not going to name names or anything, but I went to a takeaway... And in this takeaway, the person behind the takeaway counter knows I like nerdy things and just brought up, what did you make of Doctor Who? I went, oh, I liked it. And out of nowhere, he just went, did you get the message? The message? They keep pushing the message. What is wrong with Disney? What is wrong with the BBC? I was just there going, can I just have my chips, please? <laughs> and, it, and I was just like, why are you so angry about this? I, I don't I, think it's anything to do with Disney. I think, I think Russell, Russell T. Davis has always been really good at kind of inclusivity of... LGBT characters. Yeah, since the very beginning, Jack yeah, Hartness. Jack. Um, I think we were talking. He's know, pansexual, I don't know isn't if he? We were here at the time at my Christmas party a few weeks ago, and we were talking about Jack, and I was like, "Well, at the time, maybe Russell T Davis wanted to make Jack gay, and because of whatever time it was on and other issues, they were like, "Well, no, you can make him pan. You can't make him fully gay." Yeah. yeah so yeah. maybe now, with the kind of way things have progressed, he's allowed to write characters how he wants. So he's written in a trans character because he's always wanted to do that. Mm. But as you say, I think it infringed on the plot a bit too much, and it's not that it infringed on too much. It, it's that it wasn't done. It wasn't done well. It wasn't airtight. Yeah. And if you're going to do something like that from a sci-fi point of view, it has to make sense. I actually thought it was clever because it called back to her, her getting stuck on binary, 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 binary. I, I didn't get what was going on. You know, when that was when she just kept saying binary. But back in the day. No. So no. All right. Well, is so that, is that reference to an old episode? Yeah. It? So what happened was when she um in the, the it's my favorite fucking episode. I can't remember the name of it. The one where heaven sent. It's everyone's favorite. Episode. No. Um, where she, the Donna Doctor happens after it's all done. Da, the Johnny's end. Yeah. Doctor's like walking up to her solemnly. We you know her wafting mournfully. Yeah. Knowing what what's about to happen, and she starts going full doctor, going, "Where do you want to go? There's this planet called Kabalophagus. Where does all this?" And then he starts going, "What do you know? What happens when you put a time lord brain in a human brain?" And she starts reeling off what does happen, and she goes, "But then it goes into the binary, 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 binary," and she can't stop saying it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's, it's a word she gets stuck stuck on. So it was a good callback, but it was just used frivolously like you said wasn't airtight mm. and he's a good writer as the next episode would go on to show yeah. which was definitely I think my favourite of the three I think it was my favourite of the three as well because it just had it was just a standalone adventure that's what yeah. I mean about like the, 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 the trilogy of episodes are like a very compressed season of David it's like see it's like season four 
squashed. It's a movie, really, you've because got, you've, it's all perfectly linked. You've got an introduction of the Doctor just after regeneration mm-hmm. with a kind of like, you know, thrust into the heart of the action. That always happens after a regeneration. And then the middle one is basically the middle of the whole season. That That's what all those episodes look like, Monster of the Week mm. kind of things. But there was little ties to the Toymaker and stuff like that. And then a grand finale, which well, would be oh, a season finale. Actually, so before we go into this middle one, two things quickly to recap on Starbeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meep uh, mentions a boss. Now, I thought they were referring to the toy maker, but clearly weren't. There is someone else. And the toy maker then later on refers to someone. Yeah, so the, he but, who waits, is it? He who waits, yeah. yeah so they're clearly... Which I like the idea of this being like an, another Time Lord. I want it to be another Time Lord. I need him to interact with... Now we know Gallifrey isn't gone. Mm. And now I want him to deal with the fact that is he a Time Lord, isn't he, isn't he a Time Lord, etc. And then there was something else that happened in that episode that you made me think of. Oh, it was just... I saw people, and we know one of these people. Paul. <laughs> who, the biggest problem was the TARDIS not being uh, coffee-proof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be, would it? I mean, my thing is, like, the TARDIS does what it wants, so I feel like the TARDIS will go, okay, I am going to pretend that this happens and go for a wild spin and take him to the edge. Because in the end, he still ends up where he needs to be. He even says that. Yeah, I've been brought here to fix that. But but faster, because it's got caffeine in it. <laughs> but, yeah, so then what was, the, so what was the second episode called? Wild Blue Yonder. Wild Blue Yonder, because of the song. Yeah. That was... <sighs> That was so we all watched that together. Yeah. And when you guys left, me and Laura immediately left to watch Midnight. <laughs> oh, to see like because because it, it just got me in the vibe for that. I was like, I could see so many parallels and stuff, and yeah. I, was, I was just I was just I was just I was drunk, but I was enjoying it. And I was just so hyped up on like endorphins. I was like, David, like this David Tennant's back, and like I just love him, and I want to watch more Midnight. Can we watch Midnight? And she was like. Yes, and we stayed up and watched Midnight. It was just like it's such a good like both are such good episodes. Wobbly yonder. I think I said when it, when it finished, like possibly in my top five Doctor Who episodes, yeah. like, instantly because it was just amazing. It is. It's just I really, really like things it. so outside the box. It was, it was psychological. He was without his all his equipment. He's never tired. It's always screwdriver. Yeah. He's just him and his, his companion. Sometimes not even his companion, just a fake companion. Um, didn't know what was happening. He was facing like a threat from his past that he couldn't quite work out. It was, ah, it was such a good episode. I I liked the idea, like you said, with midnight. It gives a bit of lore to midnight because now we know these creatures came from outside the universe, so they exist differently. And now it makes me think: Did that creature that was in midnight develop into those guys? Was it all or vice versa? Did it come from outside the universe and find its way on the? Because they don't kill it in the end. They kill the body it's in. Yeah, they send it out there and it's back out there on that impossible to live on planet. Planet X or something. Yeah, or... something. No, it's a planet called Midnight. Oh yeah. Is it, is it some kind of? I was gonna say, it looks some kind of X ray. It's like <laughs> it's like Z rays or something like that. It's something mad. Some isn't kind it? of light that they can't look at for too long. But that was one which um, that was an episode I'm very glad I did not watch on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good God! Like we know some one of our one of our. Yeah, they said, one of our friends was like, "I'm gonna get super high watching New Doctor Who." Be like, "Are you? Are you sure you like, want to do that? Maybe you shouldn't do that." Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, just when the they bit do... when they're huge and racing down the corridor, yeah, and giant hands, and their eyes are all fluctuating in <laughs> yeah. terms of size and, and stuff. melting, <laughs> and then all the stuff that they come up with, all these mad things, and then you've got that robot that just every so often goes cooking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would be going like, "Ah, what is going on? I'm missing something." I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, I've seen it like look uh, that robot reminded me of oh of the, the one from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, I was gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Yeah, the one who Alan Rickman plays. Can't remember his name. But the what round, is the name of the fucking robot? Big Round Head. Can't remember. His name is not Big Round Head. It is. It's something. That is, it's just a depressed suicidal robot. I should know that. I have read Computer. Hitchhiker's Guide twice. What's the name of the robot in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? According to an Alexa answers contributor. Okay, got it. Marvin the Paranoid Android Marvin. is a fictional Marvin. computer. Thank you. There we go. That's... For telling me. <laughs> Didn't tell you anything. Well, he told her thank you. Um, so that that episode just had everything. I feel like Russell just really got to just do whatever the hell he wants. He said he, he wanted to write it like a the thing. He got yeah. inspiration. I've from not the seen thing. the thing, so like I think um Hagrid said that he 
heard that and I'd seen the things we kind of saw the twist coming. I'd, I'd heard it, I had no idea what the thing is about. It just makes me think of the dude from the Fantastic Four when I think of the <laughs> thing. Um, but I think it was perfect because he wasn't, he wasn't constrained by having to introduce anything. He wasn't having mm. to remove it on yet. He could just basically write an episode of Doctor Who with David Tennant. And that could have been one of the episodes that he could have done as a flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would have been fine. What, what, and what was it we ended up talking about as well was this is where we first see some real conversation about the flux and the timeless child, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, go onto the website, talk, talk, uh, talk, talk. Nearly talk to me. <laughs> talk, talk, nearly dot UK, uh, where Hagrid has wrote a blog on both of, the, both of those things. Yeah. See if you can update in case you're one of these people who came back to watch this and was like, well, what's he, what's he on about? What's he talking about? I think what, what he's done with that, what Russell T Davis has done with that, not even with that episode, just with that scene mm. is what Dave Filoni did for the prequel movies. So Dave Filoni yeah. made something after the prequel movies that kind of validated some, some lackluster parts of what should have been very good movies. It's, it's just so bizarre looking back at what Chibnall did. I know, because you think, like, the the, the, the stories he had, The Timeless Child and, um, and Flux are huge storylines with massive ramifications, but then, as you've said, the Doctor doesn't bat a fucking eyelid about it. No. She's just like, all right, let's carry on. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, she doesn't cry, she doesn't freak out, she doesn't break down. Like, that would affect, and I know she's an alien, but... That would affect anyone. Her whole identity is changed, and she's responsible for destroying half the universe. I think I can't quite remember the storyline of Flux, and it's, she never reacts to it at all. And then one line in Wild Beyond it, you see one twitch of David Tennant's eyebrow, and you're like, "That, that's it, he's hurting." Yeah, he does actually feel something about. This. And then the whole bit where he's just beating the crap out of a wall. Yeah. By the way. I never realised until literally that scene, because he, afterwards he turns around and walks away, how broad is David Tennant for a skinny man, like, shoulder-wise? You think? Oh, I my God. He makes Marl look like a shoulderless <laughs> jelly baby. <laughs> he's he's just got such good shoulders. He's... Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I can see why the ladies like him. Um, <laughs> and the men. And the men. And he likes men now, as he points out in this well, one. He says... He points out... Oh, well, no. Yeah, is that who I am? I saw loads of people put on Twitter when finally they acknowledged that he's gay. I was like, I'm pretty sure they acknowledged that plenty of well, times. Well, he's gay because he obviously had a relationship with Rose. He was either bi or No, but isn't or... it, doesn't he, when it's either with Matt Smith's doctor or with Tennant's doctor when they go off for ages and go a bit let loose cannon mm. that they tell a story and in the story they do say something about a man being involved and the way they talk about it you're going wait did he just say he was with that man yeah there is there is one so it's been said before yeah People... but like he's had relationships with, implied relationships with men mm. and definite relationships with women yeah so at this point it's just kind of immaterial on it nah Pan, is, is that weird, whatever you want to call it but the fact that he came out and said it is uh... is again another thing yeah, yeah. I did see your, your mate at the takeaway probably will have Posted this, but I saw on YouTube, and there was like reviews and analysis of different parts of the episode, and there was a screenshot of a, a thumbnail of one of YouTube videos, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I only caught a quick glimpse of it, but someone had put Disney just can't help themselves, can they? And then I clicked to see what it was, and I was like, the Dodgers gay now, and I was like, what the fuck's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, good God. He's, he's yeah, he's been. I think, I think people are overestimating Disney's involvement as well. Like, yeah, I think they. I, I mean, when you look at it, it's the practical effects. By the way, department lovely, absolutely gorgeous. The visual effects department is a fuck ton higher than what Russell ever dealt with. But there are still things which are a little, little bit janky, like when tenant, evil tenant from this episode. Like leans backwards and his head is under his legs. And it's clearly just a green screened head. It's not really there. And then he walks forward fast, and it's just clearly the, slow sped up. The the fast bit was funny. I didn't really notice the the other bit. Um, and it was a bit kind of like weird at first seeing like the main corridor of the ship because it mm. looked quite cartoony. But I very quickly acclimatized to that, and I wasn't bothered by it. But you know what? I'm I'm like I'm very forgiving with yeah. I'm CGI. I, I'm much harsher on CGI, but if you do it in the right tone, in the right vein, it works. And I think Doctor Who is one of them ones where it's like my Achilles heel. I hate CGI. I'm always for practical. I will forgive Doctor Who a million times over for the worst CGI in the world. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. Um, 
the twist in all of this was good. And then, like you said, the ramifications with Flux and Time of Child. He actually fucking reacted to what was happening. Yeah. And it now makes me kind of excited about it. It kind of reverse rates it a little bit. Cause like I'm saying, like, Jodie Whittaker's doctor just didn't react to it. Whether that was direction or writing or whatever. Or maybe she it was, was script. There was no point in the script where the Doctor has... The way she reacted to it, she got depressed over the fact she wasn't Gallifrey and wasn't a Time Lord and didn't know who she was. But then the way to get her over the hump of it was all the characters band together to tell her, you're still you, and that's her way of getting past it. She goes, it doesn't matter, though, because at the end of the day, I'm still me. That's great, but now what you've made is you've made a characteristic that has, like you said, no ramifications. But that, if that had gone on for episodes and episodes and episodes, that would have been fine, but it literally lasted 10 minutes but in that, that You could argue now, which I'm sure wasn't the case at the time, that because you've now seen David Tennant actually vent about it, that she was just repressing it. Yeah. She was like, it's fine, it's fine, I'm still me, whatever. Which but, is fine. But it was it was down to poor execution. I don't think it was meant to be that way. But in retrospect, now you can say, oh, okay, she was just repressing it. And now it's come out because he's been confronted about it by these, the nut things. So you saying that even though what looked like to be kind of like lazy writing by Chibnall would, could be interpreted as Jodie repressing it. But only now. Then... I still think it was lazy writing. But mm. I think because of what Russell C. Davis has done, you can go back and say, oh, okay, she was repressing it. Well, that's all right then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did that one? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so the episode ends with a really a, a bit. I wasn't sure on the ending of this one at first. The, I, the salty gambit. No, another ooh. sexual thing. No, no. <laughs> the salty gambit. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I actually liked that. I, I did as well. Um, it was it was him leaving the wrong Donna. I got. I didn't like that. Why? Well, I well, looking back, I was like, I just didn't like it. You had to make a snap decision. Yeah, and it was very close to replicating it. I know. Now and I watched doc- it a second time. I completely get it. Yeah. But I think at the time I went, no, the doctors, the doctors not going to make a mistake. I don't <laughs> like this at all. Ew. And then, I, but yeah, I, I get it. But the especially thing- when he's in his own head about just being confronted about mm. the flux and the recent fuck up that he's just had. He's got a second guess, and then try and be confident about it, but then make a mistake. I really enjoyed the. They brought back lots over this series of three of old stuff. So in this one, they brought back um, the TARDIS run, doing a fucking runner. See, I thought that was a new introduction that had, but you said it appeared. Before. It used to be the. I'm sure it was the eighties. The TARDIS, That's how. That's how it used to be. The excuse that he can't just fucking buzz off. The TARDIS does a runner yeah. because it has to hide. It has to. It can't fall into the wrong hands. And then if he gets sorted out, oh, it'll come back. Yeah. And I really like that at the end of the episode where he's like, I can't catch him. But if we've slowed him down enough, that would mean this place is going to explode anyway, which would mean... And then while Blue Yonder plays, it was just like, oh, yeah, was, well written. It was nice. really good. Um, I love the delivery from Captain Tate as well. It was so Donna. It's like, you say that there's a threat. So serious, the tortoise oh. has run away. <laughs> Let's go kick his fucking head in, man. <laughs> oh, She's great. I missed her so much. Yeah. The pair of them together, the, their chemistry is really good. Really good. Um, and then, so then we did the whole thing of salt at the edge of space. We got Wilf, which led to a really fantastic line in my household of Eve going, have they got a different actor for Wilf? <laughs> went, no, that's Bernard Cribbings. Went, Isn't he dead? <laughs> went, yep, it's not live. <laughs> I thought this was going to be you admitting you now greet each other by saying, Hello, my old soldier! <laughs> That's how Eve greets everyone. That's what I say when I come. <laughs> oh, once she gives me a Gallifrey steamroller, I'm a follow up with a salty cat. <laughs> then I'm a, Oh, well, my old soldier! Um, <coughs> so we got to see, get to see Bernard Cribbins' final scene ever that he ever filmed. He, could, mm. he couldn't even film anything after that. So they had more planned, didn't they? But yeah. they had to. Uh, so they had, just... they had to just edit him carefully. So he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was good though. The body double they got for him, it was pretty convincing. Yeah, and, and not necessary the way they filmed it. You don't. You if you didn't know, I almost wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't have caught on that. We never either. saw Wilf. Yeah. Um. So we get into the final. Of the three, which is the most weird, probably unusual episode. They were all a little scary in their own way. This one was quite scary. I don't think the episode was unusual. It had huge ramifications. I think it's unusual. The Toymaker is quite a mad character to pick out. It's like, I I wondered about talking about this with you and whether you would 
get this reference, but there's like, do you remember, do you know Batmite? Yeah, we've spoke about him before. I think we did a Tell Me Again episode and he was in a little Some kind of part you had of to it. explain who he was. Yeah, but Batmite, Batmite is like from another universe. He's outside of the DC universe. He's a Batman stan. And he just he's got, an absolute Batman yeah. stan, but where magic is like the thing, they can mess with reality. It's That's, it's, it's And they are, they are gods just of chaos going round. Uh, for fun, they're immortal. And they they the total, but that's what the toy maker is. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant thing to bring him in. It was, and I made. I'd and, never heard of him until the trailer came out and it showed Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, and it was like the toy maker. I was like, what a shit name for a villain. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the fact that they associate such a nefarious villain with something so innocent, such as like toys, mm. like traditional toys, really added to how intimidating he was and how he, that's his thing like he likes to play games he's obsessed with games and but yeah the thing is he honors it as well mm. he'll play the game because he knows that you know it, it that could... was what was really good about donald because don't play a game with me old cheese went no no he'll play he'll play absolutely fair yeah but he went but then that's the problem because now it's a game of chance because he loves chance yeah he loves he's a gambling addict <laughs> yeah he is he's an absolute gambling addict um but that i thought it was just a, a weird one to push the boundaries with because we kind of had the, the Meep, which was a uh, Thursday little twist. Classic Doctor Who. Classic Doctor Who, but in the sense, like, he's a good guy. Oh, they're not the good guy. And then you had the middle one, which was like, oh, we've got this really... Psychological thriller. Yeah. yeah. And then this one was just fucking... There's puppets coming alive. There's Neil Patrick Harris is turning men into balloons. There's planes crashing in the sky. The puppet, the guy turns into the puppet, and then David Tennant's head is the puppet. Yeah, it was a it very... Was... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it was just very over sensory overload and just absolute <laughs> mental visuals and it was good though. I don't think I don't think it did too much. I think it was exciting and mm. it, it tied together like you got like Kate Leopard Stewart coming back, the unit tower, which is badass. Um you had uh, what's her face, the old uh companion. Oh may may mo me 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 mo. I can't remember. I feel she, bad. Well, I, I don't. I didn't know who she's she was. She's not my era. She's I, I, I guess she was from a classic. Yeah. Um, arc. Um, but you know, it, it pushed it forward, and Neil Patrick Harris was great as the toy maker. Oh, it was amazing. I want him to come back at some point. I know he lost, but he's, I guess he's still trapped in that box with his. He's shot. in that box. So. So he could be released. He can come back. And what? I, what? I, this, this is going to be going to spark a lot of debate between you and me right now. Mm. Uh, oh, analysis, I guess. So. The toy maker admits basically that the result of the timeless child line is the result of of um, a game that he was playing with the master. Because he because he says he says the master begged for his life for one last game, and then follows up with I made a jigsaw of your history. Did you like it? So he's too. Oh yeah. So the master's obviously gone. I want to play a game. Don't know what the game was, but it involved completely fucking up the doc- doctor's history. Which implies that originally it was just First Doctor was the First Doctor. And then as a result of this game with the Master, and the, between the Master and the Toy Maker, all these extra regenerations got added. And all this more reality got bent. Yeah. So the, the original run of the Doctor, starting with William Hartnell, is technically still canon. Yeah. Everything else was added by the Toy Maker. And in, in addendum to that, it also kind of explains away. The movie, Paul McGann's movie, where he says, "Oh, my mother was half human." Maybe at one point, he was half human, and that's another thing that the toy maker's done in his past. That's that's since been scrubbed away, and they've gone, "Oh no, actually, you were, well, you worked for this place called Division, and you've been alive for much longer than you think you are." So it kind of canonizes everything. I did. So I... even though Russell T Davis said he wasn't going to unwrite Chibnall, he did everything just short of unwriting Chibnall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know what you mean. I did think that's another reason why Toy Maker was brought in when he first got announced and looked into him. I was like, if you can bend reality, could we make stuff that doesn't currently work? <laughs> work? <laughs> yeah, and he did. And he did. Yeah. Very, very well. I like that. As soon as, by the way, as soon as Neil Patrick Harris went, uh, I put the master in my tooth. And I was like, we're seeing that tooth later. <laughs> That that two feet. He's loads of teeth as well. Freak, oh God, yeah. Freaked me out when he that, I didn't know if that was Neil Patrick Harris's actual mouth, <laughs> or they decided to just give the toy maker a shitload of teeth for the fun of it. It was Arthur. What was it? Definitely. Yeah. Laura screamed. <laughs> she went, oh. Meanwhile, Pete Specker would have been like, oh, lots of work. 
<laughs> She's a dentist, by the way. Um, well, anyway. Um, yeah, it was just... I, I liked it a lot. There's plenty to take away, like, little things like that. Then there's the main thing to take away from it is... That I am the toy maker's tooth being collected from no. me. <laughs> the bi-generation. Bi generation. Which I really enjoyed, but I kind of had ruined for me coming come into it. Because I'd heard loads of rumours about, like, a, like a, it was called, like, a split regeneration. And, like, maybe they'll, they'll find some way to have them both be the duck at the same time. And I was like, that's fucking wishful thinking. I'd, got, I'd, I'd kind of got into it with the mindset of, like... Be happy we get any more David Tennant at all. Kind of like when Tobey Maguire was in No Way Home. And everyone was like, oh, give him another movie. And it's like, no, we, we were done. And then we got a bit more. Yeah. Just stop now. And then it feels a bit like that thing in the Family Guy where it's like, just give me a bit more David Tennant. That's all I want. And then <laughs> that, now I want more. <laughs> <laughs> and it got to the end of the, th- of, well, halfway through three. And I was like, I was like, God. I'm going to miss David Tennant. And then he gets shot by the fucking laser. I felt so bad again. And Laura said out loud, I'm not ready for him to go yet. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts to regenerate. And I was like, yeah, I guess he has to give up half the episode because we like Chuty Gatto has to make his entrance at some point. Mm. And then the regeneration just stops. He's like, hmm, can you just pull? Pull my arm. What? I thought they were gonna pull, and he just finished his regeneration. You know, like sat on a speedboat, like that. I thought they were gonna get him again to say, "I don't want to go," because they made sure that was his last line again in the 50th anniversary, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But what was it? Here we go again. I was like, okay, that's a good adaptation of the line. And then he just doesn't, and then they pull him apart, and. Tutti Cat was there. It was it was a big addition. But like you know where where Chippers was like, oh, I'm gonna add something to this show that's gonna change the entire show, and you're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be something you tell all your kids about. And I was like, fuck was that when the when the episode was over? This is what he was trying to do. Something, yeah, it was something of this magnitude. You've got to come in and leave your footprint on the law in some way. And this this was one. I have no issue with it. I felt a little bit bad for Shooty because I would have liked Shooty to have had more of a, like, let me have a look at my face. Oh, my God, look at my face. Because I love the Doctor doing that. He didn't really get to do that. Yeah. But that's a by-the-by. The by-the-by by generation. <laughs> um, my biggest issue is what Russell has said in, I don't know if it's on the commentary or in episodes, where he's saying that Shooty's Doctor is that the current Doctor from the future after he's rested. But I don't understand how on earth that makes any sense. Do you know, I think there's, there's two ways you could explain it. And it's that basically he is technically in the future. So it might be that he hasn't quite healed yet, but like for all the healing that David Tennant does, Shooty Gatwa will reap the, the rewards of that as well. Mm. So it's like while Tennant's at home resting... He's getting better and better. So is you to get work apart from... He can be in two places at once now. So he can leave a version of himself resting, which he also benefits from because it's him in the future and he can still carry on being the Doctor. Or he is actually further from the future and there's going to be Doctors between Tennant and Gatwa. See, now that would make sense if for some reason Tennant regenerates further down the line and becomes another person. That's fine. But I've seen people at Hagrid postulating that he could start regenerating backwards, yeah. which would then explain the, explain the curator the from the 50th, yeah. which I would like that to be explained, because I think that's an, a lovely little bit of lore that yeah. I've always wanted to know how that he happens. He gets to retire and yeah. also remain as the Doctor. And also remain. But then, if he starts regenerating backwards, it takes away from this whole she's shooty from the future. I don't know why it's been made so complicated. I was quite happy with, he just regenerated into two. He just well, it might still be because in theory, neither of those things has been confirmed yet. So. No, well, I know because, but this is the thing: Russell keeps saying things on commentaries and stuff that aren't canon. But because he's saying it and he's a showrunner, it's sort of becoming canon. No, I don't think so. Well, what was the one you were throwing your arms up about before in the chat? It was about that. No, was you it? were going. Oh, it was about. We said um, the multiverse. Yeah, so it was like basically when that by generation happened. Every doctor along the timeline by generated as well. So basically, there's like so when Peter Capaldi regenerated into Jodie Whittaker, he actually just split. So Jodie Whittaker came from Peter Capaldi, and then they were both there. So basically, you're doubling the amount of doctors that you've got in the universe, and there's already yeah. a lot of them. 
Yeah. And they've got unlimited regenerations now. So basically, you're never going to be short of a doctor. <laughs> if, if one dies, doesn't fucking matter. But I don't understand how, again, that would work either. The only thing... I know. I, 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 I feel like he's just... He's saying things to stir the pot of it. But I, I also don't... I don't think him saying something... I know he's in charge of the show, but I don't think him saying something makes it canon. Because it needs to be written and installed into an episode for it oh, to be Oh, no, no, no. But I just mean, uh, like, you'll have people walking around going, no, no, that, that he said that now. Yeah. So that's part of it. I'm I'm with you. I don't think it does make it canon. I think that's why he's only... Because also, if we, what, what was it? Doctor Who Unleashed? I've not watched any of them yet. I've seen clips. But yeah, that's like the new confidential. It doesn't say anything like that on there. It's only the commentary ones mm. on there. It doesn't say... Anything like that, and you should watch them. They are like they are. If you like Doctor Who Confidential, they are very very good. Yeah, oh, I, I, I do keep meaning to. Me and Eve call it Doctor Who: How the Sausage Is Made. Because <laughs> <laughs> we kind of can't remember it that it's called Unleashed. <laughs> that was it. it does sound fair that one. <laughs> um, actually, that's been a really uh, another big bonus from all oh, this is all the extra content that has finally been fucking put up. Um, so I've got all the old Doctor Who Confidentials around there, so it is quite interesting looking back and yeah, watching I, them. I watched some of them at the time, and my, my highlight that I still laugh about with my sister quite often is we were watching one, and there was a Santaran, a guy playing a Santaran, and he was just, was just, you know, they have like, ah, big dramatic voices, yeah. but he was just like, yeah, I'm here today to play Santaran, like full makeup. <laughs> was like, yeah, uh, you can follow me around if you want, see, see what my day is. And then, like, it kind of does, like, a, a time-lapse thing where it shows, like, the whole day, and then it catches up with him again. <laughs> He's got, like, a cup of soup. I was like, yeah, just having some lunch. Cup of soup. Like, obviously, I can't make a spoon. I've got a straw. Cup of soup with a straw. <laughs> it's just <laughs> him dressed as a sun tower and just being the most regular dude out there. <laughs> so funny to watch. No, they are. If you go back, it is a bit of a wild ride to go back and look at what we were going, like, oh, about when we... Did it stop at the same time BBC Three stopped being a thing? Yeah. Because I think BBC Three's coming back. I mean, BBC Three didn't stop, did it? It went online. The toy maker brought it back. <laughs> oh, that's canon. <laughs> We've said it now. So, so it is, it's canon. Um, Who do you think picked up the toy maker's tooth? So it was a, well, it was a woman's hand, <laughs> my lord. Because um, it looked like it could have been Missy. Missy? And Missy must have survived that Missy's... altercation with John Sim because we get Sasha... Darwin's master. Yeah. From, um, but that's um, never explained how the, and why that happens. Also, the problem with it being Missy is why would Missy pick up the tooth that, in theory, the master is in? Why? Because that's her future self. But would it not make more sense for just someone else to want to release the master? Can they release the master? You get the game it, master's magic. The toy master's magic. Trapped to put him, him in a tooth, I suppose. He's obviously a very powerful guy, so... Take it to the edge of the universe, throw some salt down, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Are you coming on to me? <laughs> <laughs> Such a specific pick-up line! <laughs> Fancy coming to me. Big as well, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and what the fuck you mean? <laughs> And I woke up and I was saying I've clearly been Gallifrey and Steamrolled. <laughs> um, the smell so, of salty gambits <laughs> hung in the air. So Shooty um, gets half the clothes, and as Laura pointed out, Tennant in that entire scene must have been Commando. Commando, yeah. Um, they win, Tory Maker folds up, yada yada yada. Donna looks like then she's working for Unit, yeah, which is great. Tenant has a, a TARDIS, which they just doubled up. I have no issue with this because a toy maker reality bending, I was quite yeah. happy. Use it, use that. If you can just, it's better than just going, now there are two TARDISes. Just fucking do it. Just... Yeah, he said something like, we're owed a prize that we haven't claimed yet. Maybe his powers are still lingering. And he loony tunes it into two. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. It, it reminds cool. me of very old school Doctor I, Who. I think uh, Russell T. Davis has said as well that Tutti Gap was TARDIS is the quote unquote original TARDIS. The prime. And, like, Tenants is a copy. Yeah. Well, isn't it that... Because when he gets in his one, it's got a jukebox now. And yeah. then Tenant goes back into his one. Now he has a jukebox and he's confused. So, to me, that meant that, well, if that's got a jukebox and Tenants didn't and Tenants now does, yeah. that it's I a copy. I think if you look at... Uh, I've seen some pictures online side by side recently and it could have just been a thing of the light, but it looked like Tenant, the inside of Tenants' tie as well. The layout was the same. has, like, a blue glow to it. 
Whereas Gigi Cat was just like bright white. Bright white, yeah. So no, I, I think, know, think... Like, they look different as well. Um, and then, yeah, Shooty shoots off. Really? And, uh... That's why they call him Shooty. <laughs> and then that's the end of it. Although there was, again, there was another nice little little uh, morsel of old Doctor Who lore where they mentioned um, he's going, Tennant's going through it all and going, eh, you've got this, you've got this, you've got the fluid link. The fluid link is a part of the TARDIS that was first mentioned in, like, the very first time the Doctor met the Daleks. Oh, it's, right. it's what broke and got him there. The fluid link. Oh. <laughs> so he needed a new fluid link. So it's quite interesting that they it, it shows Russell T. Davis just showing off there going, I know stuff. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I've watched all of Hooniverse now. <laughs> so what did, if we rate them? So we'll rate them. Or order them, you mean? Like in, rank them? I would say, well, no, out, out of 10, what would you give the first episode? The first stop, episode stop. is a 7. A seven. It was a good starting point, but it had weaknesses. Um, while Blue Yonder, I have to give it a ten. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. It doesn't, can't, it doesn't lose a point in any area for me. Uh, and then the finale, a nine. I'm much more forgiving, because the first one, like I said, my only issue is that slightly not airtight. Uh, binary non-binary thing other than that I had no issue with that episode I really thoroughly enjoyed a lot I just, of it I, just, I, did, I, did, I, was, I was on the fence about the screwdriver's new abilities and stuff like that and, and um, yeah but it's a screwdriver you can just start doing things with it yeah, if you want to it's got, it's no not, it needs to have a line you've got to nerf it at it, some point it does have a line or it will just become it can make the line a bazooka <laughs> <laughs> um I think, I, I think I'd also built it up in the head much more yeah, than, I, than I should have done, which kind of affected how much I enjoyed it. I, think, I did yeah. enjoy it a lot. I, I think, could maybe be pushed to an 8. But. Well, I, that's what I was going to do. I was going to go 8, 10, 9. 8, 10, 9. Again, just because there was nothing, there was nothing mad wrong with the Toymaker one, but the second one just stands out so much yeah. further that it's wrong to make the other one a 10. It's just, it's it's not right. No, I agree. Although it did have Neil Patrick Harris singing Spice Up Your Life, which <laughs> I did not know I needed in my life. Um, that was on, a great scene. On Confidential. Did it, the master do that in an episode, but it wasn't to a Spice Girl song, it was similar. Oh, yeah. It came out to like a pop song. Yeah, definitely been done. Fucked shit up. Great like, stuff by Limbiscuit. Something that he likes doing, I can't know what it was. Um, but Neil Patrick Harris revealed in Confidential he'd never heard that song in his life. Well, he wouldn't have done, well, he? I don't think the Spice Girls made it in America. They made a bit, but... He also yeah. apparently didn't know much about Doctor Who before he took the role. I mean, that's fair. Again, being American, might not know all that much. I know, but I think it was like... I find it weird when... I mean, not so much now, but like when Americans get involved with Doctor Who, I'm like, but how much did they really know about it? Cause just, it just seems like... I know it's international, but it seems like such a British thing. You want to watch that? That that one is really quite a good one to watch. The Toy Maker one because Neil Patrick Harris, it shows like he had to do multiple takes of that damn scene. And there's a bit where the lady who is in the wheelchair, there's a bit where she just turns around and he's there, but they didn't tell him what to do. They went just do something. So he did about ten of them, and each time he was doing something, but she didn't know what she was going to turn around to. And each time she genuinely pissed like jumped out of skin and all pissed herself because <laughs> he would just be doing something like in her face or whatever. But it's been also, you know, the, the sign of a good, uh, of a good succession of episodes. If it's memes to fuck. Yeah. There's been loads of good memes, but mainly from only that one. No, I saw a lot like... from Wabu Yonder, but mainly. Oh yeah. Giggle. To be fair, Wabu Yonder, I didn't see many memes because it wasn't really, I suppose much. There was people doing the whole, Arms thing and the jaw thing, as, but the one with the main one from the well, well actually, that's all right. No, there. Mavity, Mavity was used loads from that one. I saw someone re re-edited. I'll put it on the. I'll put it on what, the, the Wikipedia page. No, they re-edited. Uh, you know the film Gravity. Oh yeah, the poster <laughs> just said Mavity. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big thing that needs to be addressed at some point as well. But that's maybe again what it could pro- problem was the doctors started messing about too much with things yeah. and. It, that might kind of in itself wreck on itself from what's happened. What would you give overall? So this 60th as, anniversary... As a, a quote-unquote season. As a, as a... I suppose we could refer to it as a 60th anniversary specials thing. <sighs> I don't know. It's not going to catch on. No, I don't really feel no. like that. Oh, it's tough. I mean, if, we go, if we go on the Law of Averages... Nine. 
eight. I mean, I'm not asking you to do an average. How you feel about it as a whole? But that's what you'd have to do, isn't it? Essentially. Oh my god, you're such a robot. <laughs> like for me, all right. Was it was it perfect? No, but how do I feel about it? I think it's a it's a nine. Yeah, it's an it's an it's a nine. Yeah. If not a ten. I mean, I I've, I already want to sit down and binge them back to back. Exactly. And I've not done that yet. Exactly. It it worked on a whole host of levels and has definitely got me going from. Going right. Let's let's see what Doctor Who's gonna do this time. Come on, come on. Rather than be like you going to an Everton game, I feel like a Man City fan going to a Man City game. <laughs> Is that a reference? Is that a? It's, there's certainly teams called that. Yeah. Ah yes, yeah. <laughs> I too have football. <laughs> um, I think I got a lot of people hyped again for Doctor Who. Like the the, the next time trailer for Tune to Get would just look fucking mm. awesome. I can't I can't wait. Have you seen that the next? The Christmas special is the this goblin one. Yeah. <laughs> and um this the song, have you heard the song already? I've heard it I've heard it mentioned. I didn't The Goblin sing a song. Uh, isn't it oh isn't it like in the charts or something? It's in the charts because they purposely like made the song a long song to raise money for children in need. Yeah. And the whole song is about eating children. <laughs> <laughs> and, is it going to get to Christmas number one? Well, they've put up out a statement. The the goblin who sings a song has put out a statement, and it's a statement like saying, "I want to thank you all." A for, video? But no, no, it's just yeah. like a written statement saying, "I want to thank you all for." But I think this song that goes towards what's the, what's the charity? Children in need, in need in need of what seasoning? In need of, <laughs> and then it goes at the end and just going, "Okay, whatever. Just let, as long as you let us eat kids, that's fine." And then it's signed off, Janice Goblin. <laughs> Not seen any of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I think it was successful. I'm dead, I'm looking forward. I know you're looking forward, and yeah. I think it came together very quickly as well. Yeah, because I remember the rumors of David Tennant coming back, and I was like, "Well, that'd be really cool," but maybe it won't happen. But then again, Russell T Davis is coming back, and maybe he'll want to do something like that. And I, and then I remember like maybe a couple of days later seeing uh, leaked screen uh, um, set photos of, of Tennant in a different Doctor's outfit and being like, what the fuck? And like, it just, it, I feel like they must have shot it over like a month or something. Like, it was so fast. Tennant's made me yearn for tarts and pants again. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely... It, 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 that, that outfit was awesome. It's definitely a look. Um, I'm looking forward to Russell being back now. Me too. I've, uh, and that's... I'm just I'm looking forward to the dynamic of getting a doctor in the companion again mm. because the whole team tires thing is, pa- is just part of what made it so shit. Yeah, it was a bit. Didn't know where to look or who to root for, or mm. it was just really watered down. And some episodes you could tell someone was written into just doing something for the sake of I don't know what to do with you. You just go over yeah. there. Um, yeah. So that was that. Um, whatever I decide to name this, the triple tenant anniversary <laughs> awards, whatever. Um, don't forget, there is lots of Doctor Who stuff over on TalkNerdy.uk, even though I did think we hadn't done enough, and that's why I was looking forward to our last podcast, which was the Russell T. Davis era. When you're listening to this, it may be in the future, we might have finally done the Moffat era, and then eventually at some point, the Chibnall era. Um, yeah, Chibnall era. There's also blogs on there about some of our favourite episodes, the Christmas episodes ranked. Go check them all out. Like I said, Hagrid's blog is on there to get you refreshed on Time of Child and the Flux. And we're recording this near Christmas, so if you listen to this around this time... Fuck you! (laughs) 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 Of all the people to say this, I'm sat in your flat. (laughs) And literally on the table, there is a a camper van lit up with Merry Christmas. No, if you look closely, it says... Fuck you. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the silent C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S. Well, I, I went back to like the first Christmas and I tried to say Merry Christmas for them, but I said, fuck you. And you went, what was that uh, wonderful phrase? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's why it's busted everywhere now. Yeah, so please do not forget to email us at talkingtheuk at gmail.com. Any, how you feel about it, anything you want us to talk about going forward in the future. Um, don't forget to go on the website, talkingtheuk. Don't forget to Go on the socials at talknerdy.uk. The Instagram is definitely growing. It's been nice to see that happening. And yeah, everyone have a happy holidays. I've been Jay. I have been Gaz, but I'm currently Dan. No, you are Dan. Currently. I'll get you locked up. I might, I might be Gaz again. You will never be Gaz again. <laughs> You'll never be Gaz again. You never were Gaz to begin with. <laughs> you admit it now. Chip <laughs> <Jim>, no. <laughs> right, and uh, we've been talking nerdy.
Kick, Kick Chalk and Daddy! Daddy!